But like, why did the chicken cross the road? Why did the chicken cross the road? Mm-hmm. Because. <laughs> 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 There's no way you're laughing like this. That was actually really funny. Again, rolling out with these hooligans. Listen, man, all we do is win. About to make chubby fellas cool again. That ain't happened since Escobar. His friends and family. Who the rest of y'all? My God. Miss Vince on the shame, man. That's the campaign. Man, I've been shining way before I changed. And welcome to this week's episode of The Hooligan Hideout. My name is Christian, and I am joined, as always, by Brian. But hey. this, this week, we do not have Hunter here. Why not? Because we have a very special guest. Someone very near and dear and close to Brian's heart. Also mine, but mostly Brian's heart. A little closer to me. A little, I hope. <laughs> I would hope. Who we got? The day... Uh, we have my soon-to-be wife, Courtney, on the podcast with us. Say hello. Hello. And we are rocking a ghetto two-mic setup because <laughs> Windows audio drivers suck. That's all I'll say because if I get into the technical part of it, make it's just going to make me angry. Um, but Courtney has a question for us, and I am going to hand the microphone to Brian so that they can talk about it, and then I'll answer it afterwards. Okay, so my question is, if you had to pick a TV show setting that you had to live in, what would that TV show be? This is really hard. I know. Like, really hard. My brain wants to go comedy. But I can't think of which one because, well, who doesn't want to laugh all the time? But I feel like the only shows that I've really been, we've talked about this on the podcast before, the only shows that I've been hooked on really are not pleasant places to live. <laughs> like Sons of Anarchy, it's all gang related. Yeah, no. Uh, what was another one? Hell on Wheels. It's back in like the 1800s. People are getting shot up for no reason. Super no. simple. Nope. Doesn't sound fun. And no air conditioning. Let's be real. Ooh. Um. I'm going to go with the show that I ended today. I would want to live in Ted Lasso. Why? Well, one, if I got to know Ted Lasso, he was a cool dude. He was very chill, um, kind, and it was relatively good morals within the show. I liked it. And the team had a good camaraderie, promoted mental health. I think it was good all around. It's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think if I were to work or live, I guess, in a television show, um, it'd probably be Parks and Rec. <laughs> that one's good. Because I don't know, I feel like I feel like it'd be a good workplace environment, but I wouldn't be like in a lot of danger and like you know generally speaking it's like a just a positive environment um i don't know i just think it'd be fun i think all the characters and whatnot are are a good time i think it'd be i think it'd be enjoyable i think i'd fit in well i like that i think i'd be a good sitcom character personally yeah i think i I don't think i'd fill that role per se but i I, yo yeah i'd try at least i'd definitely try to be be a part be a friend to ron swanson 
I honestly think that a lot of people might think I would choose the office and I I would have chosen Parks and Rec over the office. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, most people would choose Parks and Rec over well, the office. Well, not as like my show to keep watching, but as a setting to like live or work in, absolutely. But I chose Outer Banks because I love the beach. I would love to be in like a small coastal town. It's always been a dream of mine. Um, to have friends that fight for you till the death or literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have I you mean, not seen Outer Banks? Oh, we can't say so too much then. Good. It is really okay. I was a hater. I did not want to watch it at all. And she got me to watch one episode, mm -hmm. bro. I was hooked all of a sudden he was like well we can watch the next one. Oh, i went through it in like what <laughs> two weeks like at at most and i'm not much of like a huge like let's sit down and watch tv kind of person it's based on the coast of the carolinas so it's just like i love that setting i love anything like small and coastal and i like good friends and i like having fun and just being spontaneous and i feel like that show is of all of that you took all the good parts of that show minus the dramatic parts of that show the dramatic parts of the show are kind of exciting though they're running for their life a I lot know. it keeps you on the edge of your seat i don't we might have to have a talk after this listen i told you <laughs> what i liked about the show okay that's why i would be there i i don't have to tag on all of the drama and the scary that's fair that's fair mm-hmm totally related on the same exact track as running for your life and living in the beach and all the fun and stuff you just talked about we're gonna talk about slowing down like what's the rush in life why does everyone rush around why are we always it's so chaotic on to the next topic and goal or whatever it may be so with that i'll ask you both just top of your head um why do you think we should slow down as maybe a person personal thing or a cultural thing i i have a couple of things i thought of um one it improves i feel like it improves our focus in every area like you can clearly tell when somebody you're talking to is in a hurry it's uncomfortable for the both of you i think if you're good at reading social cues at least um but just the focus that we miss out on when we're in a hurry. Um, it gives us the chance to hear the Holy Spirit better. And I think that it also, it can help us, like, slowing down can help us better understand our physical bodies, like even just the cues, like, hey, you need to sleep. Hey, you need water. Um, you probably need to go to the doctor. I know for me, um, when I was living a really, really fast paced life, um, my job was so demanding that I kind of stopped eating and I ignored the cues or didn't hear them or feel them and it quickly sent me into a spiral and I feel like sometimes we get so busy that that's just even the physical cues um, are missed but I mean yeah I mean I would completely agree with that like I feel like when you don't take the time to slow down and assess your needs and you don't take the time to slow down and assess your family's needs and and all that like not only does it really take a toll on your mental, but it really takes a toll on your physical as well. Um, it's 100% something I struggle with constantly. It's something I still even struggle with 
to this day. Like, I mean, Megan and I had a conversation about it a couple nights ago. Like, I just constantly feel like I'm, I got, I got to fit everything that I want to do inside of like 11 hours. And if I, you know, add even one thing onto that, I have to sacrifice something else that I want to do. And it's like, I just feel like I have this constant, just black cloud hanging over my head of you're going to miss out on something that you want to do. And it's like, just the the necessity and desire to slow down and just be like, I just need to appreciate what I have. I need to appreciate what I can do. And it's just so hard because I just feel like if I, if I take a second to breathe and I take a second to assess that, that I'm going to miss out on all of it, you know? I think it's really good. Both of those points are very real, very valid. Um, I think uh, another, it may be just like an echoing off of both of those, but I think in, we should slow down because it would enable our relationships to thrive and be so much stronger. And I think of every relationship, like friends, coworkers, family, a romantic relationship. And then Courtney kind of hinted at it too, where like your faith-based relationship with God. Um I think of when it comes into your relationships of any sort with any person, so much of it is the little things. And when you're rushing, what are the first things that always get looked over? The little things every single time. We see the big end goal of I want to get married or I want to get this promotion or I want to see this person. But we overlook the things of like, oh, this person had a rough day today and I should reach out and see how they are. Or the accountability of certain things in a job or getting flowers or candy when you think of someone like little things to make someone feel love. We look overlook so much of that. And I think of it so much, even just like we've talked about it a couple of times, like me, Christian and Hunter to where it's just like, we need to like hang out, just not podcast, not youth, not church, like no objective and just get together, relax and be boys. And we've been talking about that for a long time and have not had the opportunity because we've all either been sick the last like two weeks busy with life because you guys both have children hunter's wife just went back to work like it's a hectic season like it's hard but we we will make it a priority we will make it happen and i know that um and i just think of like the little things too when it comes to our faith are the most impactful and it's just like how often do we just sit down and have like how just the other night church had a prayer night how often do we just like do that in our regular day lives like i'm gonna go take out an hour and just like i got no agenda i just want to pray i'll have worship music on i'll sing but like no agenda we just don't do it very often and it's just so overlooked because those are the moments where we get to tune in the most to who god is who he wants us to be and the direction he wants us to go in our life i think that's really good i think that also like setting aside a sabbath i just got done reading garden city by john mark comer and he's my favorite author i can't say enough good things but there were some quotes in the book um god literally designed us to follow that pattern like six days of work and then a whole day of rest and it's a day to rest and to also worship and i think that a lot of times we just associate the sabbath with just resting um but one of the quotes was Sabbath is a way to break the addictive pattern of accomplish more, accumulate more, and repeat. It's an act of defiance and rebellion against the endless, restless grind of workaholism 
and consumerism. And it's just like to reset every week is just so healthy. And I don't do that currently. <laughs> um, reading this book was so convicting. Um, and also just, I mean, I wrote down also like we we need to slow down to think more about our purpose and the reason behind why we do what we do. Um, but really just to like think in general. I think we often try to avoid our thoughts. Um, and maybe that is because we have bad patterns in our thoughts. But it is good to think. It is good to reflect. Another one of the quotes that I read in there is, often we expect to find God where we go to him, like at church or in prayer. But he's also where we least expect him. At the office, in the meeting, that's spiraling out of control in biology class in the kitchen. And I have the thought, like, but are we slowing down enough to hear him in those moments when we're not actually asking for him? Yeah. And that was really convicting for me, too, because I'm not. Currently, no. I don't think I could. Um, And I'll pause to pray, say a prayer, like, God, help me through this. But, like, am I enjoying just being, slowing down enough to maybe hear the Holy Spirit come in and say what he needs to say to me. I don't think I'm there. Uh, I parallel that a lot. You know, like uh, it's, it's been like one of those things where the position I'm in with, with my job right now, like I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Um, I got extremely lucky with the position that I got at the beginning of this year and um i'm very quickly realizing that it's uh not really what i want to do um but it's what i'm good at and it's it pays well enough that my wife gets to stay home and and all that jazz and so it's kind of one of those situations where it's like yeah you know i should be following what i want to do and i should be doing what's good for my soul but like at the end of the day like i still have physical and human needs and like there's still things i need to take care of and so this past weekend like i kind of hit that crossing point where i was just like am i unhappy like i really had to sit there and kind of consider like am i unhappy with with where i am and i i ultimately determined that i don't think i am but it it did kind of come into question. I'm like, you know, am I moving too quick? Am I not taking time to really take, I guess, stock of, of how I feel and my emotions and, and how, you know, am I trying to take on too much myself and not, not giving it to God and not letting God influence what I'm going through? Um, and I talked about this a little bit when we went through like our freedom study and all that, like, how I go through the, the ebbs and flows where it's like, there's times where I feel like I'm, you know, way steeper if I'm, you know, whatever. And like, I was thinking about it on the way home from work today. And like, I just, I don't even feel like I've got my ankles in the water right now. Like I am just like sitting on the side and it's like, it's frustrating because it's like, what's going on? And I'm not blaming anybody but myself, but it's like, am I just so caught up in everything else that's going on that I'm like, not even considering taking a second and so like I'm on the flip side of everything where it's like I feel like I'm moving too fast rather than I feel like I'm taking the time to figure stuff out you know I feel like even thinking about taking a step back and 
slowing down can be overwhelming. <laughs> like just thinking about how can I do that best? How can I um, take a time away from this thing? And how can I plan around this thing? Like if we're not careful, even just the thought of slowing down becomes overwhelming. And I know that like I can resonate with that too. It's just like, okay, um, I know that I, that this needs to happen, but where do I even start? And I've definitely felt that kind of like sandpaper rift of like, okay, I, I know what I need to do. Where do I start? And it just gets all tangled up. Um, but I think that, I think the slowing down is a lot easier than we think. It's, it's what we've got going on in our minds. Um, that just inhibits it. Um, just as a quick like filler to explain, uh, Christian talked about the freedom study and waist deep, ankle deep. It was uh, a metaphor essentially that the writer used to show um, the amount of control that we're giving up to God and gave up the reference of walking into a river and being, you know, on the, on the shores, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or like, wholeheartedly in the middle of it to where like you don't have control with your toe like your toes and a touch anymore to show where you're going um just as like a reference background for what christian was talking about um if you're going through something or have like a bunch of your past and if not if you feel like you're in a great season i still recommend the freedom study it was yes, great for all three of absolutely. us at this table two of us have taken <laughs> gone through it twice even it was so good um and especially talking about like the work-related stuff and Courtney, you talked about that it's a lot in our head of what inhibits us from slowing down and that it's easier than what we think it is. Um, why do you think like we as a culture, we struggle to slow down? I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently taking a year off social media and that started in August and I love it really don't see myself going back and we're even getting married in this coming June. And I have vowed <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> stay off of it. So everybody can see our pictures through you, but, um, I don't even feel like our culture accepts or suggests the idea of slowing down. Everything is marketed like fast results or little to no work required is if that is the ideal way to get everything that you want. Um, and I feel like we stopped creating and crafting our belongings and started creating technology that could create and craft for us. And that requires like little to no work. So like how are we ever supposed to be satisfied with the work that we do or even proud of it? Um, like I, I think that there is good that comes from it. Like Obviously, like medication, like toilet paper. I mean, if we if we had to take <laughs> if we had to wait and make all that, that would just be hectic. Um, but I mean, there's just use your hand and wash it. I mean, at that point, absolutely not. I'm just I have entered the guys group. I mean, oh, I'm just being no. honest. If I had to choose between waiting for someone to manufacture toilet paper while I'm sitting on the toilet, <laughs> or just like washing up or just like a leaf or just, not uh, poison ivy that's right you're hanging out with the homeless people so he's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay i i desperate times uh but i don't feel like there's a limit right now to what gets fast tracked 
And we're, we're never satisfied. We never slow down to appreciate what we have and how we got it. And when we do take the time to like look around, somebody else already has it and we're already unhappy. Um, and if they don't have it, they have something better than it. So then you're like, okay, how can I get the next thing? Um, and then social media is just a constant pressure point that digs into our self-esteem of like, we have to create, we have to post, we have to show others our well-being, but like not just our well-being, our superiority. Yeah. And that is so destructive. I have slowed down completely, not completely, <laughs> I'm not going to use that definitive word, but being on social media has taken me on a much slower journey to just like how I live daily life. The other night, me and my parents were just sitting in the living room and we did Bible crosswords together. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, oh, it was, it was wild. Okay. <laughs> but for all of us to be sitting there doing that, I know, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It was just, for me, it was a moment where I was like, wow, like this is something that people don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun to interact and like, mom knew a lot of things and like I feel like dad knows so much of the theology and stuff and it's just it was such a cool experience and that and just like I don't know sitting with my thoughts uh sitting there and not allowing myself to pick up the phone to look at what can be in front of my face entertaining my train of thought I just everything's handed to us and we're yeah. still not happy. I mean, I again, I completely, I completely agree. Like, I think our our culture as a whole, like everything that we do, every facet of of entertainment of anything, is designed for you to do it as quickly as possible, move on to the next thing as quickly as possible, and unfortunately, a lot of it is designed for you to spend your money as quickly as possible, and that's just kind of how it is and it's funny the first thing that came to mind for me was um iphones graphics cards and call of duty because iphones come out every year new graphics cards come out pretty much every year yep. and new call of duty comes out pretty much every year yep and call of duty always comes out with new seasons and the new seasons have battle passes and the battle passes are like, you got to play. You got to play so you can unlock the stuff. If you don't, if you don't unlock the stuff inside of 60 days, you're going to have to pay. You know, well, if you're if you're not playing all the time, then you got to pay for the coins. You got to pay for the coins. And, like, legitimately, like, I, be I beat myself up for it a little bit the first time it happened. But there was a period where I was like, I got to get on and play Call of Duty because if I don't finish the battle pass. And I literally had to sit back and be like, this is ridiculous. Yep. Like, I caught myself really, really early on. And I was just like, don't even start, dude. This is a video game. This is Call of Duty, of all things. <laughs> and I'm like, and it doesn't matter if I don't have that particular ghost skin. I'm like, you're not 14 anymore. Yep. Nobody cares if you have those cosmetics. Like, back when I was in high school, okay, maybe somebody would be like, oh, bro, you got that emblem. But, like, now, it doesn't. That stuff does not matter to anybody that I'm friends with. And it's like, I. but it's just that mentality. It's that... If you don't have the latest and greatest, if you don't have the this and that, blah, 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 just constant cycle. And then it's like, oh, you missed out? You finished the battle pass? Well, don't worry. Here's another one. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, dude. It's exhausting. It is legitimately exhausting. I think it was neat to hear that you caught 
it early on though. I think that to me is admirable because a lot of times we don't catch ourselves early on. And I know that like talking about the video games and stuff, like I can't resonate with that, but there are many other things where that came to my head that I could resonate with. And, and it's a well-known tactic. Like yeah. that's a that's a normal thing. It's not just Call of Duty that does mm -hmm. that. It's everything. Yeah. And to be able to catch yourself and to recognize, oh, okay, um, this isn't even in my reality. Uh, like, do I have to get on here? Absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that that's really cool that you were able to stop yourself in that. I, as well, when I first started playing on my Xbox on Call of Duty, uh, I was all about the Game Pass. Got it every time. Until about the second or third time where I didn't get it. And I was just like, I'm wasting my money now because I had the same mental note where it's like, I don't want to go all out. I'm like, man, I got to play and I got to get these 20 levels and I got to get it perfect and I got it. No. Like, I was just like, bro, I'm not going to waste my money because I know I'm not going to play that much and I'm not going to force myself to play that much. Well, that's the thing. You buy, you pay for the, the pass or whatever. You pay for it before you finish it. Hmm. And that's where they get you. You can buy it at the end. You can absolutely, you can finish it and then buy it and then it, it like unlocks everything at the end and so that's what i started doing mm. is i would play it and i'd play it leisurely and if yeah. i really enjoyed that season and i finished it out okay cool then i would buy it and i'd, I'd unlock everything retroactively but like if i didn't finish that season cool no money lost no big deal wow. but there was a period of time where i was buying it the season it came out and it's like then i would put myself in that endless loop of like well mm -hmm. i just spent 30 dollars I got to knock this stuff out or else I wasted my money. Yeah. And it's just this constant yeah. cycle of just like, I got to hurry up. 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 And it's just, yeah. it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, to kind of what Courtney was talking about with like, honestly, just like consumerism, wanting more of everything, um, like making toilet paper fast and everything being made so fast. That comes down to what I think is why we struggle so much as a society is like, Everything in America is what's next. Doesn't matter what it is. Think of like in high school, people that were just going through relationship to relationship. Well, I gotta get to what's better. Grass is always green on the other side. And like try and chase another high of like what they weren't getting before. Mm -hmm. Or people with work. Like we see in our job, especially with so many options, people's only goal in life sometimes where we work is like, how can I keep hopping the ladder? Where people are literally like switching jobs every six months to a year. And it's just like, bro, chill out. Mm -hmm. It's it, no, because same sense as you where you're like, hey, I don't really think this is what I love and what I want to do, but like pays well, like I'm gonna stick it out and I'm gonna figure out what's going on. A lot of people would just straight bail because they're just like, oh, I don't like this. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's all them. I gotta go. It's something, it's something with it. No, it's something you have to sit on and like, uh, like Courtney said, like sit on your thought, just sit with your thoughts and mm -hmm. like, all right, let's process this in a slow way. Yeah. Let's figure it out and see, is this something I like? Is this something I'm unhappy with? Or going through all those in a healthy way to get you where you actually should be is what a lot of people don't do. Well, and like in the book that I was reading again, um, he spoke about how work is genuinely supposed to like bring joy, but also like a fair amount of frustration. Like, a lot of our culture today, we are dreamers, and we figure that we can have exactly what we want to have, and that 
we'll find happiness in that. But it's just that like our job isn't always going to measure up to that. Um, and that a lot of our careers have both a, um, both like a side of joy and a side of frustration. I mean, I can like resonate. I work for an online auction company. The amount of stuff that we get in is sickening. But the fact that we get to turn around and take what's been returned or been used and uh, resell it is incredible. And that's why I like to work there. And I, I'm avid about like recycling all of the packing stuff, but it makes me sick how much is produced and how much is thrown and tosses. I just, I think that's been a big thing on my mind recently. Just like, why is all of this stuff being made in excessive amounts that will that will realistically never be bought to that multitude? Like, I, I it's the consumerism. It's because if they make it to that amount, it's it's immediately available. Yeah. You yeah. can buy it on Amazon and get it by the end of the day, which is insane to me. It's there. I can't tell you how many things I've I've looked at or purchased on Amazon and it says get it by 5 p.m. today and I look at my watch and it's like one o'clock in the yeah. afternoon and I'm like how bro yeah. I'm like this is some random like bedside table how do you, how are you having this to me by five o'clock in the afternoon like I can understand overnight shipping like that kind of makes sense yeah. I feel I still think it's a ridiculous idea but that's been around for a long time but you're telling me you're gonna get this to my doorstep in four hours crazy like it's insane to me the that's not a local place that i'm buying that from that is an international website yep and they are saying yeah we can get this bedside table to you in four hours <sighs> like that's just <laughs> unnecessary yeah i uh going along with that still like consumerism and everything flowing in that's what like i focused in on as well and like the second part is just that we're focused so much on more. And I think Courtney kind of talked about it as like getting more stuff and everyone thinking of it that way. Um, I think of just like achieve, getting to achievements. We're, at a, we're all at a point in our life where it's like, I think we're growing past it as like a culture in our age where it's just like, we don't have to have it all together and we don't have to have a million dollar house and six cars and three boats and at age 30. We don't need that. But like social media tells you that. And it's funny because, like, I know you've talked about the negatives of social media. I found this page through, like, TikTok. But it's on Facebook. And it's men posting their Ws online. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and some of it is so simple. Oh, yeah. But so, like, I'm proud of you, dude. Yeah. I don't even know you. But, like, I'm proud of you. People are like, hey, it's been six months since I quit smoking. Dude, I love that for you. Great. Or people getting their dream car. And he's like, well, it's just a 2014. Who cares? It's your dream car. You achieved your goal. Like, it's still a W. Congrats. Yeah. And, like, seeing something like one guy that stuck out when you were talking, Courtney, was like, we think uh, the same way we have to hit this, like, success level by a certain age. This guy got, like, what seemed to be more of a deep sea boat. And he's like, it only took me 48 years. Like, he was saying it in a negative tone. It's like, but you achieved it, and you still have many years to enjoy that gift. Yeah. And that like success. So it 
I'm mentally breaking down stuff for like, I don't always need the nicest car. I want it, but is it feasible? Can I afford it? Is it going to jeopardize my future in some way, shape, or form? If so, and I'm going to stress about it, no, I don't need it. I'll rock with the turd or whatever I have like to roll with in a car, or, like whatever it is. It doesn't matter because it's going to get me from work to home, vice versa, to church, to friends, family, whatever. And like that's all that matters at this point. And like I'm happy, healthy, and like stable. That's the biggest thing where I'm at, at this point in my life, at least. I'm in the exact same boat. Like when I was uh, when I was growing up and like fresh out of high school and stuff like that. Like I was definitely in the boat of like, oh well, you know, I'm an adult now with a pretty good paying job. Like I gotta get a nice car and I gotta do this and I gotta do that and blah blah blah. blah, blah. And man, I was wrong. <laughs> I got myself into some debt. I got myself, oh. you know, into some whatever, and I lost my at the time good paying job. And then I realized, ah, oh, crap probably shouldn't have done that yeah and you know the car i got wasn't a nice car but for me it was a nice car you know what i mean and like then i looked back at it and i was like it would have been a lot smarter just to you know not buy that car it would have been a lot smarter to just stay living with my parents it would have been a lot smarter to not spend that money it would have been a lot smarter to yep. and it's like after about mm, 26 years of making those mistakes in my 27th year of being alive, <laughs> I'm finally starting to understand, hey, man, maybe you should just focus on yourself, your family, and, like, doing what's important for them and what's important for you. Yeah. And we're kind of starting to, to move that way. And, uh, yeah, we're getting there slowly oh. but surely. But, yeah, like, that's that. just trying to break that endless cycle of just, I need what's best. I need what's new. I need what's best. I need what's new. And it's just like, you don't, you really don't. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, if we were willing to pay the amount of money for like a quality thing, we truly like, I feel like would find happiness in the fact that this is lasting so long and it's doing me so well. Like, but everything that we're buying is cheap and does not last long. And therefore, I think we kind of justify like getting the next thing too in that I didn't spend a ton of money on this and I know this will get worn out. Um, yeah, I just, I think that's another thing too, that everything is just so quick and cheap and fast that. Well, in the culture that we've also established, like, again, I don't mean to get conspiracy soapboxy. It's not really a conspiracy, but you know what I mean? Um, the, the culture that we've established as humanity in general is that, we're willing to partake in that cycle. And so companies aren't, they don't have any incentive to build something that will last a really long time because they know that if it breaks in a year that you're going to buy a new one. Whereas if, for lack of a better term, there was some integrity there and there was, it's, I mean, and it's not necessarily that there's an integrity. It's just that there's a culture shift. I mean, look at stuff that was built in the fifties. And whatnot. There was an idea that like, oh, well, this stuff needs to last for, for generations. And like that was just kind of the idea. Like this needs to be, you know, whatever. Whereas nowadays you have stuff where it's like that general stigma of they don't build them like they used to. That's true. They yeah. don't build things like they used to. Not in the same vein of like that boomerism where it's just like, oh, it's all crap. But like it's just, it's different materials. It's It's made to be light it's made to be disposable it's made that's that's just how stuff is made nowadays yep. and because of that 
we've allowed ourselves to fall into a cultural cycle where we just expect our phone to get crappy after two years. We just yeah. expect our car to break down after five years. We just expect, you know, those things to just go bad after a couple of years. And because we allow those expectations to fester, companies are like, well, we don't really have to worry about making mm. these things last a long time yep. because consumers are going to buy another one in three years. And it just becomes a cycle. Yeah. And that's not the company's fault. And that's not the culture's fault. That's just, that's just how it is. Like, that's just culture. That's just humanity as a whole. Like, it's it's smart capitalism to not invest more money into making your product last a really long time. We don't need to, because in the long run you're going to lose money. So it's like, can it be a little scummy? Sure. But like, I don't know. It, it's, it's such a weird moral situation when you really come down to it, but it by proxy creates that cycle of yeah. just, I need, I need, I need, I spend, I spend, I spend, I need, I need, I need. Whereas if you just don't worry about having the nicest, newest, and you can put up with a slow phone, you can put up with a crappy car, not yeah. even necessarily crappy, just old. Yeah. You know, Makes you can, difference. It, it, it ultimately boils down to your happiness level. Yeah. Is what I really think it boils down to. If you can not lower your happiness level, but you can reevaluate what makes you happy and reevaluate what you need to be happy, I think that that can go a really, really, really long way. I agree. And before like happiness putting joy, because it's like there have been times where I've struggled so much and still felt joy. And so always keeping that at the forefront and obviously considering happiness. Absolutely. Um, you know, our emotions tell us a lot about, what's going on around us. Um, but when I started putting joy like above happiness is when I could tell that, okay, like I, I want this no matter what's going on, even when the car is breaking down and like it's it's not going to last me anymore or even when, you know, tragedy strikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um Side note, when I met Courtney, she had a really old car. That 94 Buick Regal. It's older than her, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so 94 is really old? Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what car is it? What year is your car? 97? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's the cutoff year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it only had, okay, but listen to this. It only had like 65,000 miles on it. Okay, so the good thing did last for another five years. And, I mean, if that doesn't say a lot about what we're currently talking about, then I don't know what does. Yeah. She didn't have AC, but, Ooh. yeah, that was that was really yeah. bad. Um, Maybe just to keep it short so we don't have to, like, go into detail with, like, backgrounds of our lives and stuff, but... What are some ways that like you think yet you may struggle with slowing down personally? Um, I the literal speed limit. <laughs> I oh my gosh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I am constantly late, and that, like you said, like not to go into our personal lives. 
Um, there are reasons why I'm constantly late. So I'm just always speeding. But even when I'm not late, I feel this just urge to speed to my destination. I have to get there. I have to win. I have to be number one. <laughs> well. <laughs> I have to win. I grew up playing racing games, bro. <laughs> I grew up playing Need for Speed. I grew up playing Burnout. I grew up playing like... Uh, yeah, I grew up playing SRS. I grew up playing, Ugh. you know, like I grew up, I was like, man, number one. That's what I got to be. <laughs> I feel like my need to get somewhere is just because I feel like people expect me to be late and then I get anxious. And so I'm like, I have to prove them wrong, but I'm already running late. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. I should. The difference is we're both racing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I also just like, I am addicted to the process of a good before and after like I will stop at nothing to get a project done to where it's like okay I'm so satisfied um I'll do whatever it takes I'll purchase whatever needs to be purchased whether that be tools or something else like I have so many things laying around that I have purchased in order to finish and make an after of a before and before I know it, another before and after opportunity comes along. And so that's another place, my productivity and projects. Like I don't slow down. Just my thoughts. Like I, I don't necessarily, like I used to struggle a lot with anxiety and just the negative spiral. Um, I was reading C.D. Robertson, Robertson's book called Live Fearlessly. And she talks about the crazy train and like how, we get one negative thought and then just like bounce off of it. And it's like, before we know it, we're like, okay, this person hates me and here's why. And da, 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 da. Um, I lived in that for years. Now I just feel like it's um, kind of what you were speaking about at the beginning, Christian, like how you talked about, um, I only have 11 hours to get all this done. If I spend some time like slowing down, uh, what am I not going to get done that's on my checklist? Because then it'll get moved to tomorrow and then I'll have it the next day. I feel like those are my biggest struggles in slowing down. I love productivity. I love physical labor. I love seeing a before and after. It's just way too much though. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I love all of those things, but like, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like just... I just feel like I have so much and I really don't and that's the the other issue that I have is like I feel like I have so much that I have to do and so much going on and then I'm like I don't have enough time to get all this done so then I just get overwhelmed and then I don't don't do any of it which then means that all of that stuff moves on to the next day which means now I have even more stuff that I have to do and it's like I just have to hurry up and get stuff done. And thankfully, like here lately, Megan and I have been mostly Megan, but Megan and I have been pretty good at, at generally staying on top of the things that need to get done. And so now it's kind of more the boat of things that we want to get done, but that's even harder because then it doesn't have the prerequisite behind it of it's required. Mm. So the motivation is a little bit lower, which means that he's even less likely of getting done. Yep. And so it's just a constant, just like, buzz in my ear of like oh you should do this oh you should do this oh you should do this oh you should do oh this my gosh. and yep. then it's like i sit at work and i'm like oh i'm gonna go home i'm gonna get that done <laughs> and then i get home and i'm like i don't want to do that oh, and i've never like, resonated I'll do it with tomorrow. anything more and then 
I'll get up and I'll go to work and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do that when yeah. I get home. <laughs> and then I get home and I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then it's just, I do that and I'll do it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday rolls around and I'm just like, I don't want to do that on Saturday, bro. I want to hang out. I want to be, I want to relax on Saturday. I'll do it after church. And I get home from church and I'm like, I'm tired, bro. I got youth later. I don't want to do that. Yep. I'll do it when I get back from yep. youth. And I get back from youth and I'm like, nah, I'll do it after work tomorrow. And it's just, a, it's just, and then it's been a month and a half and I still haven't gone through the closet. Like it's. That's literally my life. I think I've talked to your wife about that before too. Probably, yeah. Because it is. She's probably talked to you about the exact closet oh, I'm talking about. Oh man. I think she has. Probably. <laughs> is it the closet in the game room? With I all just the, heard, it's yeah. got all my airsoft and gun stuff and it's got our decorations for all those. Yeah. 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 I've been like wanting to go through all of the, because I have a big box of like, it's got gun parts. It's got my actual airsoft guns. It's got real guns. It's got mm. like knives. It's got just general bits and pieces of mm-hmm. stuff that I like and stuff that I want to organize. All the different things. And stuff that I, I genuinely want to get into. <laughs> like it's not stuff that I'm like, oh man, I got to go look through the stuff. Like it's my stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. and it but it's just like that's a thing i have to do and it's yep. just rather than i want to get it done it's like it's a task and it overwhelms and then i just don't get it done in the first place i can resonate with that i feel like our issue is um maybe our viewpoint or like our outlook on the tasks that we have and i feel like i have to come up with a plan on how to look at my to-do list differently than just a to-do list because that is my exact cycle. Um, I love the things that I want to get into, but it's something that I have to do. And I don't know, like, what do you guys say? If you have any suggestions, like, put it on the Discord. Um, but <laughs> and I'll relay them to Courtney because she's not on yeah. the Discord. Um, <laughs> Discord. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just a different way to view your to-do list or a different way to view your tasks. Because I think that that perspective or um, the way that we look at those is such a huge indicator of whether we're going to go do that thing or whether we're not. Because even when, when you were saying, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like I know in my head that I'm not going to literally, but I say it. It's like, Oh yeah. It's like, I'm falsely telling myself false confidence. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, when it comes to like what I struggle with, when it comes to slowing down two main factors, one, I've talked about, I'm pretty sure on the podcast, if not, I know I've talked to both of you personally about it, is I need to be present in moments better and admire the beauty of a situation. And like my prime example was Passion Camp. Last year I went for the first time and I was like, this is really cool when you can see all the kids like praising and worshiping and whatnot. But it didn't like the image and it didn't resonate in my head long term and I didn't bask in the moment. And right before I left for Passion Camp this year, my counselor was like, you need to work on like soaking in a moment and the beauty that is within it. And during worship, like the second night, I was just like, I had to audibly tell myself in my head, stop and look at what's going on right now. Cause this is freaking awesome. And you may never see it again this big. Um, so like, that's one big thing for me. I've like, what I struggle with resting is I'm physically present, but mentally I'm focused on what we've talked about a lot is what's next. Where do I have to be? What do I have to accomplish? Who do I have to see or talk to? Or football scores. Or football. I have not been. Okay. 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 I've been on my phone because football started tonight. Tonight is Thursday Night mm-hmm. Football. Lions playing the Chiefs. But I have not mm-hmm. checked the score. What ha- What did happen? Neither one of you really care. What happened was <laughs> neither one of you care. But Joe Burrow just signed his ex- extension to be the highest paid NFL player. And he's staying on my Bengals. And I'm hyped. You know why? 
Don't say Confused. he sold his soul. Oh. Anyways, all right. Okay, yes, I have looked at my phone multiple times tonight. Second thing that I struggle with, um, I think is because of having social media and I've we've had phones. Like, we're the first generation that, like, grew up through the evolution of phones and we saw texting and slide up keyboards and then we saw touchscreens and then now we have literally everything we can think of on this. And because that's what I grew up with and we're the first generation of like texters and this and that, like I'm fidgety a lot. And if anything ever gets awkward, I'm like, all right, I got to pick up my phone. I've talked about this on the podcast as well. I'm like, I struggle because I probably have undiagnosed ADHD of some sort <laughs> Because my brain is constantly running, bro. I have never said that on the podcast. We talk about it a lot. But my brain is always at a million miles an hour. And the minute I sit and I hear it all, I'm like, bro, I got to get out. Like, it, it it drives me nuts. And then it doesn't help that I have the negative self-critic and all, like, everything else. Because I do the same cycle of, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, I don't want to do it today because I'm tired after work and it was stressful. Well, I'll do it this weekend. Well, Saturday, this is like my one quote-unquote Sabbath day. And I get to spend it with Courtney or friends and family. Well, I'll do it another day. Then I'll do it on Sunday between like, nope, I end up hanging out and we go do stuff. And same exact thing. And then I would beat myself up. And it's like the way my brain works, I don't want to hear what's going on inside sometimes because it's like I'm going crazy. Like I feel like I can't even think or understand what's going through my mind all at once because there's so much. So this little little gadget in our, in our pockets, our phones, like it takes it away. So For a little bit. For a little bit, yes. But like it numbs it. I'm not saying that's the correct thing to do or the right thing to do or the solution, but that is something that I struggle with yeah. of like what I go to. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny that you talked about checking football is one of my things that I noted like trying to be funny was that I'm always checking my phone and like right now it's for fantasy football because of scores. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Well, I think like how you said it, it's like a good distraction and it numbs. I think we're like the desire my heart with this deletion of social media is because like it did it did numb for me and it uh gave me a break but a break is so temporary and so like the moment that I got right back off it everything flooded back in and so like there it wasn't a break social media was constant at that point because um, it's just that, like, it's almost not that we're looking to social media as, like, a way to numb. It's that we're taking breaks from social media. Um, we're constantly on it. And the time that we're away are is our break from that. And so I just realized, I was like, I'm not actually dealing with what I need to deal with. Um, and I feel horrible every time I do put it down. I feel guilty for the time I just spent. I feel lazy for how I scrolled and scrolled. I I even feel like so much like of the creativity and stuff that's on there, like am I even original anymore? Um, but it truly was me realizing I, I need to deal with what is in front of me and what's in my head and with my thoughts and – I know that if I don't make this drastic change, um, I will just keep saying like, maybe tomorrow. You're like, maybe I could take like a month off. Like that's too soon for me. <laughs> if I know it's only a month, I'm like, okay, like that's that's fine. I will get right back on, right back where I was. 
um, a year. I definitely feel like the Holy Spirit put that on my heart. Um, but a year is something where your life is impacted. And I can already tell that like I just even seeing it on somebody else's phone, I just ugh, I just dread it. Like there's just a, such this negative. And I know that I'm very passionate about this and not everybody feels the same way. And I try not to put that on other people. Um, it's just hard because I see the good and I'm getting to see everything in like how it was before. I mean, how we how we were, how we grew up. It's, it's just like I'm doing that again, but as an adult. And it's so great because I'm aware of things. Like it's just, I could go on. I'm going to say something that somebody's probably already said it. Let's be honest. Like you said, you know, a lot of creativity online. I'm sure that this opinion is probably already out there. Um, so you know how they say that uh, pornography is so much different from other things because it can physically rewire your brain, your brain mm-hmm. and it, it's, yeah. it's actually like a chemical addiction. Yep. Um, I think too many people assume that other things online can't be like that. It's funny because I almost had this, not like verbatim, but my brain went when she was explaining the addiction and like my brain went to porn as well Mm -hmm. to have how it creates a chemical addiction. Because it's serotonin. Your phone as a whole can do it, yes. At the end of, and granted, it's sexual serotonin in pornography, so it's it's considerably higher than than social media. But at the end of the day, it's still serotonin. Like it's still hormones. It's still all of that. And so, I mean, at some point it's, gonna create a chemical dependency and like yeah like i I just kind of was thinking about it when you're saying that and i'm like it definitely is something that i don't think a lot of people consider and a lot of people because because pornography has a stigma and social in in the world which it absolutely should like it it i'm not questioning that in the slightest but like i feel like people aren't going to put that stigma onto other things Mm -hmm. because that's that's a very heavy thing to put on yeah. Um, on social media, on something that people can be like, well, you're just connecting with your friends. You're just, you're just staying in touch with your environment. And it's like, yeah, but you're connecting yourself oh, in the yeah. same way that, that you're connecting to something else. You know what I mean? Well, and like how many times have you seen a half naked picture of somebody that you know? Well, it it's doesn't like, even have to be sexual. It doesn't. Like but it, that is a good example. It's but like, it doesn't even have to be that. You know what I mean? Even just the self-gratification Yeah. of, I don't know, a proud moment, mm-hmm. you know? I think, Christian, that's such a good point. Like, I don't... I've I never looked just, at it that way. I was just thinking about it. Like, that's yeah. not something I've been mulling on for, like, years or anything yeah. like that. Like, I was just thinking about what you were saying that. I was like... Because it speaks volumes for how... Because I've taken breaks off social media, too. And honestly, I'm thinking about doing it again because I... I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. I only use like the web app. Um, and then I have, I still have Twitter, X, whatever. Um, I'm never going to call it X. I don't care no. what people say. Nope. Um, <laughs> um, and I still have Instagram on my phone. But Instagram, I'm probably never going to delete just because I don't really follow anybody that I like know in person. And it's just, honestly, it's a bunch of gun stuff. And I'm never on there like, oh, man, I wish I looked like that guy. I'm just like, oh, neat, gun. <laughs> like, it, I'm never, like, super whatever. But Twitter does piss me off a lot. And so I've kind of been feeling a little bit like I need to get rid of that. So I probably will end up deleting that pretty soon. Um, 
but yeah, like, you know, I definitely was thinking about it and I'm just like, I remember when I took my little stint was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm off for a little while and I physically could feel it. And so it's like, you know, there's probably some parallels there. There's probably some of the same dependencies, same chemicals and whatnot, but um, I had parallels, I was going to say, to what you said, but I got on that kick. No worries. It was all good. I don't remember what I was going to say. It's all good. Like, it was solid, so. um, I think to kind of try and finish this out a little bit, what is one way, I would say not necessarily the most significant or maybe just most impactful or most memorable or even most recent, what is one way that slowing down has helped you in your daily life? I feel like every time that I have taken time to slow down and do something that I enjoy that I don't gain from um, in terms of like making money or a before and after, I have these moments of pure thankfulness and joy that rise up in my spirit. And it's something that I can't really describe Um but it's it's an overwhelming sense of like I'm aware of how blessed that I am. Um, and I'm just surrounded by beauty, like beauty that I'm seeing every day, but beauty that I'm seeing almost like in 3D. Um, I it, it feels surreal. It's got to be the Holy Spirit um, reminding me of the good that God has given me. But that is exactly how it's improved my life and. Like I said, there's really no words for it, but it's just like a surreal moment of, wow, like, I can't believe I get to live this life. I can't believe that God made me. Like, I can't believe that I get to do this with these people and the trees change and the snow falls and the frogs chirp and the, I love frogs. Um, it's, it's just. Putting chemicals in the water. Serious <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, crap. <laughs> But really, <laughs> oh gosh, I just, there's, it, it feels more heavenly, um, than earthly for me. <clears throat> I have always, and I've talked about this before, like, um, I've always felt like I have filters and, and I really felt like I really resonated with you said like just being in the moment and like feeling the moment and I've I've expressed that to not a therapist but a, a psychiatric nurse and try to just give me pills so I just I don't go to her anymore but um, smart choice yeah and uh, it still is that way like, I still feel that way but like I just always feel like I'm looking at everything with lenses in front of my eyes which. I wear glasses, so technically I am. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But um, yeah. But um, like I just feel like I'm never really looking at stuff. Mm. Like I'm, I'm seeing these things, but like I've always kind of got that filter of like, oh well, what am I doing after this? Yep. Well, okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? You could almost relate it. Like if you want to put a comparison to it, is like I hear you, but I'm not listening. Yeah. I'm looking at it, but yeah. I don't see it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the exact same thing. Like I don't have that issue. I don't have that issue. Yeah. Like I can listen to people, no problem. But, like, when it comes to experiences, when it comes to, like, seeing things, when it comes to just, like, experiencing the beauty of things, it's, like, I, I just can't focus on stuff. Yep. 
because I'm just like, I got to just like, and it, and, it, and it's not like a, a figurative, I can't focus or I can't see things. It is a literal, like physical view. Mm-hmm. Like just nothing really feels as there as it is. It almost feels dull, kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just say if we take our glasses off, that's what it feels like. Almost. Yeah. yeah. It it's feels, super it feels fuzzy. like a, like a, just a slightly off touch, fuzzy version of everything. Dude, you're like speaking to my soul right now. And I felt that way for like, Four years, mm-hmm. three or four years, even, maybe even longer. And it's just like, just this constant feeling of just like, I know, like, I know, I, like, I feel it right now. Like, I know that your bag's there. I know that, that that cup's there. Like, I know that you guys are there. But when I look at you, I see that I have to go to work tomorrow. You know? What am I going to wear to work tomorrow? Tomorrow's dress down day. You know, like, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? What's in the email for tomorrow? What do I have to do at work tomorrow? What am I going to have for lunch? What am I like? Yep. I see all of that physically in my eyes. And it's like, how do I just get rid of that? You know what I'm saying? Yep. And like, it's to the point of like physical anger for me sometimes because it's like, I can't just erase it, you know? But like, one thing I've I've been trying to do is at least with like my daughter is anytime that she's awake I do my best to to stay off of electronics in general. Um we'll play on my phone a little bit just cuz she likes the phone. Um but I I try to keep her off phones as much as possible, but um I don't get on my computer, like I don't do all that if she's awake. Um, especially when I get home from work because here lately she's been going to bed pretty early. Um, in turn, that does kind of give me, once she falls asleep, I'm like, oh, well, this is the time when I can play games, so this is when I got to fit it in. So it, it it does add in that mental feeling of rushed to get my hobbies in, but it's worth it to me, you know? Like, I don't care. And in turn, has that made me stay up a, a lot later than I probably should Yes, and that's something I need to get in check, and that's a me problem, but I'm working on that. Yeah. Not very well, but I'm working on it. Um, but, like, and, and so that's something I've been really trying to focus on is is making sure that I take a second and, and I'm intentional with her because at the end of the day, that's what's, that's what's important, you know, because she's new. Yeah, <laughs> She's absolutely. new here, you know. She, she doesn't get all this crap yet. And I want her to have a good first impression of everything. I love that. So I think for me, um, I'm still very much at the infant stages of this, but it's helped me be able to engage in relationships, uh, moments, activities more where like mostly because of Courtney always so lovingly reminding me, get off your phone. Um, I've learned to kind of, I found myself like just the other day, like I was with family and I was trying my best to have intentional conversation, which yes, I'm literally sitting talking on a podcast, which we've been doing for months, but like, that's not my forte. I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to go out of my way and initiate and start this. I'll dive in and join. No problem. But starting it, I struggle, especially with new people, whatever, like, but I, I was can't sitting, start a conversation with new people. Man. I was sitting there and everyone in the room was on, like went to their phone and like, we'd have a conversation. They put it away and then be right back on it by the middle of it. And like, you could tell they just weren't toned in. And I felt like Courtney and I was like, bro, get off. Like in my head, I'm like, get off your phone. 
talk to me. Thank you. <laughs> like, I didn't say it, but I felt it. And it was just like, this is the first time I've like mentally had this note where it's just like, I'm the only one in this room that their phone is the last priority right now. And it was super weird and super rare for me, but like I know that like it's good growth. And if neither one of you mind, I already gave Courtney this spiel last night and I sent it in a text yesterday. But while you were just talking, it made me think of this. Okay, I'm going to go on a random rant about what I read in the Bible last night. So me and you both, especially, I don't know how much you resonate with it, but always looking to what's next. What's next? We're like sitting here at this table. I'm thinking I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch the football game. I'm going to do this or that. Um, tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wear I have the same thing, work. Uh, what am I going to wear to work? Some guy came up to me earlier this week. He's like, we got a photo op. Wear your Bengals jersey and wear my Browns. Okay, I guess I will. I don't know. I usually don't wear my jerseys to work, but whatever. Like all that is in my head constantly. And it's like we have this tunnel vision and what's in front of us is so very blurred immediately. And we see the distant of what we have to do. I read this last night and I was like, I don't know why this stuck out to me. And now I know why, because I think it's for me and you both. Last night I read in Luke 8 about like, I was thinking like, what are moments that Jesus just stopped everything and saw someone in a moment, no matter what his end goal mission was, whatever that short term mission was, he just like dropped everything and was like, I'm going to see this person and help this person. And I thought of Luke 8. And there's two instances instances in it. One, he says that we're going to go across um, the other side of the lake in verse 26. And he gets over there, and it's the homeless guy that's like, essentially they pretty much labeled him as crazy. He's homeless, he's naked, and he's living in a cemetery. Demonic. He has, yeah, I was going to get there. And he was demonically possessed. It's okay, they can't hear. <laughs> I'll edit that um, out. I'll edit that one out. <laughs> um but Jesus had a plan because, like, before they left to the other side, he's like, all right, we're going to go over there. Like, he didn't just, like, it doesn't say in the Bible they were, they were just like, hey, we're just going to go floating around, you know, we're just going to hang out. No. Hey, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. There was a reason he was going over there. He gets over there, and as soon as he gets off, he's met with this man who, let's just think, if we were to see someone like that, we'd probably be like, oh, bro, I'm not getting off this boat. I'm getting back on. We're going the other side. I was, oh, I, I, pointed the wrong, I pointed the wrong direction. <laughs> we're going over there. We got off on the south side. What the heck is going on? <laughs> but not only did Jesus. I didn't this canal had a Cleveland ad. <laughs> not only did Jesus like see him in the process of what he was doing, but he also took the time to heal him. And he was going to do more, but because everyone freaked out by what he was able to do through his powers, they literally begged him to leave. And as we hear in church a lot that, like, Jesus is a gentleman, he's like, all right, like, I'm not wanted here. Like, I'm going to leave. The guy begged to go with him, and he said, no, go tell your family what, what, what has happened. And kind of the same reference you made, my brain went, how many times? And we just saw this in our group chat. We saw a, be- a good example of this, but that how many times do we leave somewhere and see a homeless guy and people avoid eye contact because you don't want them to talk to you? How many times have you been a BP in the hood like I was this morning getting gas and you're looking around like I hope no crackhead comes up to me and I'm constantly watching around because like I don't want to talk to you because I was in a rush of what's next. Yeah. And I didn't have that time. And you can even put it as a youth thing. Have like sit there and recollect of have we ever been so focused on you having to get home and take care of Winnie, you having to go home and take care of some project, me having to go not having wanting to go home and watch football because I let's be real. I don't do a lot of stuff that late at night. 
We all have these next tasks, but we can overlook a youth kid who's hurting and desperate for someone's attention to say, hey, I love you and I see you where you're at. Then you fast forward a little bit. Um, verse 37, I think. He's like, all right, we're going to go to that side of the lake. As soon as when they begged him to leave, he's like, all right, we're going to go. Greeted with another crowd. And it's like mob-like more than likely. And he's pushing through. And as soon as he gets off, Jairus comes up. And he's like, we're going to put it in the Gen Z translation. Yo, my daughter's dying. Like, come help me out, dog. So Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to come heal your daughter. Like, he's going, he's going to follow Jairus. As he's walking through, and literally, like, I think of when I see, like, people leaving sporting events or concerts, like mob-like people around you. And you're constantly being bumped into, breathed on, yelled at. Like, you, everything's going on. But Jesus felt a woman touch his cloak. Not him, but like his cloak because he felt the power leave his body. And even though he had a short-term mission to heal a little girl and make sure she lived, he stopped. No one in this room would be like, yeah, that's the right idea. You got a dying little girl, like you're supposed to go heal her. But he stopped and saw this lady and because of her face, she was healed. And then went on and they were like, oh, it's too late. She's already dead. And he's like, all right, bet, I got you. And still went. And raised her from the dead. And I'm pretty sure it's the same instance where like he removed everybody but just his closer disciples so he can enact the miracle. Yeah. And when I think of that, like I read it last night and I was just like, man, this is really good. But like, what's it? What? Why? Why is it so good? <laughs> and then me and you are sitting here talking about like we're so worried about what's next. And last night when I talked to Courtney about it, I was like, Jesus was never in a rush but was never late for a ministry moment. Yeah. Not once. He, not, he, he never missed his assignment. He never fell short, and he did exactly what he was called to do on this earth and achieve exactly what he was called to achieve. How many times do we overlook because of a, a task that does not matter that we overlook the bigger picture? I try really, really hard to, when something frustrates me, to look at the situation and be like, why did that happen? What what could that have done for me? What could that have taught me? What could that have kept me from? What could that have X, Y, Z? Reflection. You know? And like, just in general, just, you know, you get stuck in traffic. You want to get frustrated. You want to get crazy. You want to get whatever. But then, you know, you get home. Okay. What happened? What could have happened, mm -hmm. you know, after that traffic that, I didn't end up in because I was stuck in that traffic or, you know, like just little stuff like that. And that's, that's what I've really been trying to be intentional about. Um, and I've, mm -hmm. I've brought it up a couple of times, the, you know, the stuff I went through when I was a teenager, then, you know, over 11, 12 years later, I saw a direct ministry moment for a kid in, mm -hmm. in youth group, you know, that has stuck with me through everything. And that's, Whenever I have even the slightest little frustrations, I think to myself, like, hey, like, yeah, that's obviously a totally different situation. But, like, so God used that, like, 12 years later. Yeah. Like, he might he might use this in, like, 20 minutes. Like, you don't know. <laughs> like, just chill out, you know? And, like, it's just kind of one of those things that, like, it, it doesn't always work, but sometimes it chills me out. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, all right, yeah, it's cool. Whatever. It's not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. And, like when you brought up the, you know, looking out for the homeless guy at BP and stuff like that. Um, I try to stay uh, cognizant of that kind of stuff because I'm in the same boat. Like immediately my, my human wants to be kind of on guard and protective. Mm. Um, but then, you know, my 
I hope still human, but you know what I mean? Like my, my good Samaritan, whatever feelings <laughs> are like, dude, it's just money or it's just your time or it's mm-hmm. just your X, Y, Z. Like mm-hmm. who cares? Like you're not being taken advantage of if you're doing it willingly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I think back, I had this one time, just a quick story. Um, when I used to work at the jail downtown, uh, it was like 1130, 1145. And there's this lady that was just, she was asking for money. And, um, I was like, I don't have any cash. I said, um, I apologize. And she's like, oh, well, there's an ATM in the, <laughs> in the hotel. And I was like, oh, how is there? I was like, all right, well, cool. Whatever. I was like, all right, I'll go get some money out for you. And so I went into the hotel, got it a 20 out for us here you go and she was like oh thank you and i was just like all right probably shouldn't have done that but whatever and so went and got my car and just out of curiosity i took a circle around the block and circled around the block and i saw her walking out of the hotel with another person (laughs) and i was like all right but i was like at the end of the day that 20 dollars didn't like i don't i if i still had that 20 dollars in my my life overall that wouldn't have affected me any, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, you're you're not getting scammed if you do it willingly. Mm-hmm. You're not getting taken advantage of if you're doing it willingly. Like, yeah. That's that's always been my viewpoint, especially with like, and like when you're like borrowing money. My my personal opinion: I don't let people borrow money from me. I just give them money. Mm-hmm. If I don't have it to give. I'm not going to let you yeah. borrow it because yeah. I don't expect it back. Mm. That's how my mentality is. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, because it's when you let people borrow money, it's just a whole big whatever. Mm-hmm. If if you come to me and you're like, hey man, can I borrow a hundred bucks? If I don't have a hundred dollars or if I have a hundred dollars, but I want to give it to you, I'm not going to give it to you. But if <laughs> I give you a hundred dollars, I'm giving you a hundred dollars. I'm not saying, oh, pay me back later. That's no. Yeah. Because... It's it's just so much easier and so much better to just not even begin to have that kind of stress on you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I <clears throat> wanted to say one last thing about um, just, like, the slowing down and, like, looking out for people. So I did the um, typical thing of, like, Bible verses about slowing down. Um, did you it? Oh, yeah. And something that I realized was that a lot of the verses that I looked at had the word um, wait in them. Um, Isaiah forty thirty one. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Psalm 27, 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Um, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. Uh, to the soul who seeks him. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Um And I think that while you were talking, you were talking about, um, Brian, you were talking about how we can always be in a hurry and like miss opportunities um, to help others. But, and I think that that's just like, not to be the woman, but like, I think that that is a man's perspective of like wanting to help others and come in, not always just like be a hero, but like just assist and stuff. But I also think that um, part of slowing down is waiting to see what God has for you and how he's going to help you. Um, and not always just about slowing down to, you know, look 
for things in life and like look how beautiful it's also like okay I'm gonna slow down in an act of surrender to wait and see what the Lord has for me because I know that I'm not okay or I need filled up every day (laughs) um I need him and so I love that there's like a twofold to it of like okay I'm gonna slow down to soak up all the beauty uh to help others in need but I'm also gonna slow down to wait on God and like heal um what he needs to heal wait and see what he wants to say to me um and I feel like excuse me I feel like both of those tied together are just such a practical way to um really slow down as a whole that's good I always just thought it was a me thing that I never thought of myself. Like, I always think to help others. I don't think, like, how is waiting going to, like, fill me? It's never, like, the first thought on my mind. I just thought that was a me thing. But you said it was, like, a guy thing. Well, I mean, I think I just see it as... It could be. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, I know that there are plenty of times where I've... I mean, I've talked about feeling contempt of, like, Mm -hmm. okay... Like, I'm really good at this, and this person is not. Okay, I'm clearly superior. Why don't you know how to do this? But I think that when it, I just noticed that, like, you guys talking about it together, I think that there is this kind of macho, like, I must help the people, and I must be the hero, and I must look out for others. But, like, God wants to humble you enough to have you slow down and say, God, how do I need help? Like, how can you help me? Um, and just, it may be a pride thing. It may be because I know that I have experienced that at times. I just know that men have a collective, like, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, um, sense of wanting to do the right thing, wanting to help. And so sometimes I think it can be important to just remember oh, I, I need help too. And like, it's good to need help and I need filled up. And how how else can you get that other than slowing down and listening and waiting and trusting? Trusting was in a lot of the other verses too. Mm-hmm. It's like um, being patient, trusting, waiting. Like he wants that from us and he wants us to be able, because I mean, without that, we're not going to be able to fill other people up. We're not going to be able to look out for others. Yeah. I would say, at least for me, and this is my last thing. I was just like, we'll wrap it up. But um, I definitely feel like it makes sense. And it's something I do want to be more aware of to like rest and be patient and wait on like what God wants to do for me. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like a hero thing. I think that's when it's some, I think that may be someone that's like very self-centered or like mm, outside yeah. of the faith. Um, I look at it like, especially in the youth reference is I want to be there for someone because I didn't have it at that age. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone to struggle with kind of like how Christian talked about like the 10, 12 year old struggles and they got to come back. Like, this is my opportunity to be there for someone that does not have an older brother that -hmm. does not have an uncle or even a dad in their life. And Mm -hmm. they can go like, Hey, Brian's choosing to be in my life. Christian's choosing to be in my life. Like I want to go to them. And, like, I want to be able to have that opportunity for them. Yeah. So, um, wrap up today. I'll just say we can throw out 
any tips or anything we want to like summarize everything me um read your bible you want to learn how to live a non-rushed life i feel like we should look at jesus that's my opinion and clearly that was a recollection just from this week in this episode so yeah but yeah that's it for me mm. so i was a watch the chosen it has completely changed my viewpoint on Jesus and not my viewpoint, but just my perspective and how personable he is and how the disciples are just always in a hurry. And he is always slow down, be present. We're good. Um, and I've been able to like resonate with them and just see in my own life. Oh my gosh. Like I should have taken this so much more slow. Um, and also set some timers for yourself on your productivity. I've, I've put a 30 minute timer on like my cleaning and it's given me a limit and also a goal that I didn't have to go over and I didn't have to feel bad about what I did in those 30 minutes because I dedicated it to that time. That's really helped me too. What was the question? <laughs> um, it was pretty much wrapping up and just like sharing tips and tricks for... I was going to say for reference, I didn't like ADHD forget we had to like deal with the mixer for a minute <laughs> you guys didn't get to hear that part but the question was just wrapping up oh anything else um yeah so basically <laughs> life is nuts and we need God mm. and even when you're down in the dumps and you really don't feel like you're doing that good at keeping in touch with God you still need God mm-hmm and even though you feel overwhelmed and super unproductive and you feel like you don't have time for God, you still need God. And Absolutely. it's, even though it becomes an endlessly cycling, frustrating cycle of feeling like you don't have time for God, but then putting <laughs> other things before God, you still need God. Amen. And I'm trying real hard to to get back with God. So, yeah. but we are recording this in a church. It is my church. And I'd still come to church on Sundays, and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Still love God, but you know, ebbs and flows. We go through our struggles, and that's I'm also why we have community. True, and why we have things. Like Tell this. your friends. I will say that as well because I haven't told any of you about this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to either of them. Well, thank you for opening up. Because no problem. I think that the more that we share, like the more that we don't feel alone because there were so many moments in what you shared where I was like, oh, well, well I've never been able to say that. It's part of the processing <laughs> it too. Like I'm not somebody who really talks about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a, a good sitting there of thinking and, and getting through it and processing it. Yeah. And really the only times I have to do that are situations like this or <laughs> with Megan. And yeah. so it's like, you know, it just, it doesn't happen. And so, but general consensus yeah make some time for god just try just try to slow down take a deep breath if you don't mm. and and to be respectful there are people who may not believe in god that mm-hmm. listen to our podcast if that's the case reconsider believing in god you should probably do it it's kind of cool <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> but if you're super against it just take some time take take a breath you know enjoy your surroundings um just chill out for a second life's worth it but um thanks for having me on guys of course i love that you guys have been so consistent with this and it's been cool to like see the journey last week was our only week that we haven't had an episode and it was just a break that we took for labor day it wasn't definitely wasn't because i wasn't able to edit the post (laughs) at all 
wasn't that <laughs> in the slightest. It was just we intentionally planned and took a break for Labor Day. Well. 100% not. Nope. That's not why. Anyway. Brian, I love you. Christian, thank you for all that you've done. Hunter, I took your spot. Ha <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and. And Carson. Ah, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening we will hang out with you next week at some point hopefully and go ahead and roll that outro see you later bye Smother, so we hit the road, switching lanes over this game over. And we ride till he say over. Rap game, here's your makeover. Still three amigos when the day's over. Uh huh.